This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a preschooler and a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two kids under six, and a baby on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, Teresa is back, and we hear her birth story. Plus, it's the last week to show us the Max Fun Drive love. We suggest how to spot a One Bad Mother out in the wild, and we talk to Jan C. Dunn about relationships post-baby. Woo! Keep it down for the baby! Oh, this is like the quietest thing he's (laughs) been around all day. Remember how my house is? Dogs, just clang, clang, three-year-old, five-year-old. You're like, yeah. hey, kids, the baby's sleeping. Here's some pots and pans. Yeah. Go do something quiet. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Oh, my God. I am so excited to have you back. I'm so I might excited get to be back. Oh, that's <laughs> so emotional. nice. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited, too. I was... I've been, like, waiting for this. Yeah. Like, I've been, like, really anxious to get back. Like, it was, like, a little bit longer than, like, I wanted. Like, it was, like, really ready to come back, you know? Oh, well, it was, like, like, six weeks too long for me. It was, like, <laughs> it was way too long. But I didn't, I also, like, didn't think about, like, I kept imagining myself going back and being really excited to go back and, like, couldn't wait. But, like, I when I imagined myself coming back, there wasn't, like, a baby to deal with. Right. Like, I just imagined, like, finally I'll be ready I'll be and, ready like, maternity leave will be over and I'll be back. I wasn't thinking, like, okay, then I either have to, like, bring the baby yeah. or, like, figure out, How like, that, someone yeah. to leave the baby with and, like, pump and, like, right. do all the stuff. Like, that. Like I just didn't think about it. So then as today approached <laughs> and the realities of that and, like, being ready right. in the morning, right. like, I can get the kids ready in the morning, but now, like, I have to also have myself Put on ready. A shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of the realities of getting here sunk in this morning. So now I'm not that excited. Well, to be here I appreciate it at all. It's going to get sad in here, pretty, guys. Pretty real bummed fast. out. Pretty ready to go home. Uh, you're going to fall asleep 10 minutes in. <laughs> be so fucking tired. Uh, well, I appreciate uh, you coming in. That is very, very OBM. That's very, oh. very mom and up. Oh, please. Uh, there has been a demand recently in the one bad, one bad Mother community as to how one can spot another yeah. One Bad Mother out in the wild, yeah. uh, and it has been suggested by the community uh, a pretty cool way to do that. And yeah. so we're going to share that with everybody today uh, so you can take this out and express it in the walk. Because this is true. Like, I'll be out for, like, a walk, mm-hmm. and I'll see somebody with a baby, and I want to be like, hey, you know, the like, yeah. hand signal, and they're like, yeah. whatever. Or I'll even have my T-shirt on, and I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah. check it out. <laughs> or you'll just do that crazy laugh that you do <laughs> and see if they recognize it. <laughs> do I know you? I don't know. Probably. Probably intimately. Uh, but, uh, okay, so uh, the way to identify, it's very, like, fraternity, sorority-style, secret mm-hmm. handshake kind of thing. Uh, if you tell somebody you're doing a good job, if somebody says to you, you're doing a good job, and you are you also, you reply, I'm getting thanks, really... I'm getting really good at yeah, this. thanks, I'm getting really good at this. Yeah. Hey, we'll try it out. Yeah. Hey, you're doing a really good job. Thanks, I'm getting really good at this. And then we're like, let's go to a bar. Right. <laughs> uh, let's take our babies to a bar, guys. Or, or, but bar. the key is you have to go around telling people yeah. that they're doing a good job Th- all the yes. time. That's the only way to make this happen. That's right. And you have to actually cool. be able to admit that you're getting really yeah. good at this. Yeah, which is, is really so cool. fucking one bad mother, it's guys. Really Way to cool. go. I'm really yeah. impressed. Uh, speaking of impressed, this is it. This is the very last week of the Max Fun Drive. Uh, let me just explain one more time what this means. Uh, we 
get paid from you guys. Yeah. Uh, this studio is paid for by you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are able to come in here every week and put this show out. And with Baby, I mean, you got to think. Yeah. Have we, we don't take, we, it's amazing we've never taken a sick day, really. I don't think we've ever. We don't really do that. I mean, we, yeah. We, we've, we come in we've here We've had, sick. like, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Curtis. We've had, like, <laughs> occasionally we'll take, like, a week off yeah. at Christmas or, like, a week off during the summer or something like but, that. But, like, we're here every week. We really are. Yeah, like, we are we, legitimately committed to yeah. just being a real yeah. show. Your support allows us to make a better show. Yeah, so thank you very much. And with that said, speaking of making better things, <laughs> today we're going to talk about how Teresa made baby Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. How are babies made? <laughs> I'm starting to put two and two together. I, I've done it in. three times now. I'm starting to make some connections about my actions having repercussions. All right. Uh, you know, I didn't have a baby uh, recently, so uh, it's, it's it seems unnatural for me to ask you. Mm. How'd it go? <laughs> Oh, that's not true. Though. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I like being say, asked how, how to go. Because, I've like, noticed like I with, with uh, we Curtis haven't talked about. No, we haven't talked about it. And Curtis is my third baby, as most people know. And most pe- most people have not asked me this time yeah. how the birth was, well, like, I wanna say, which is totally different from before. I feel like with my first one and definitely with my second, uh, people wanted to know. Oh, see, people's and interest in mine just, just dropped down right away yeah. after the second. Well, actually, a lot of people weren't that interested with the first because I was like living in New York City and people were like, baby, it's gross. And oh, yeah, like, right. And then yeah. I had, you know, Ellis and we were out in California without a lot of people around here and everybody was like, I, I, I don't even, are you out here? I feel like <laughs> Did people ask how was the birth but, more. But like, before. I could yeah. see that by the third, yeah, people, people are just being like, like Again, like we said before, do you care? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, right? So let's actually... So I think that's interesting, though. I think because I I just want to like... And I think I've said this on the show before, but it's true for me... It felt like with the second, so many things that were kind of celebrated or noticed or like made you feel special mm. just didn't happen the second time mm, around unless yeah. you were banging a drum, walking right, around, right? right. right? There's no yep. shower. There was none like none of that stuff. And so right. um, it, let's let's talk about that. How are you doing? Let's, I'm going to give you two questions to spend the next 20 minutes talking to us about. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, how's how's it going? What, what, seven weeks in? He's seven seven weeks. weeks, yeah. Uh, is there some differences just in general besides the question? And then I want you to answer the question. Tell me about Curtis's birth. Cool. Um, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I actually feel like mentally healthier right now than I remember feeling with either of my other two at this stage. And like, like, I don't, like, I don't, 
I mean, anybody who's like followed the show knows that I have my own forest and it's like a beautiful forest and it's like a happy place to be. But there was definitely an intensity um, after giving birth to both Grace and Oscar that um, like I just remember feeling and of course, like my memory is skewed as far as like when, when exactly I was remembering this feeling, but I know I remember feeling like on the verge of tears a lot, even yeah. even if they were happy tears, just like very intense emotions right. at all times. And that um, I remember feeling like I had to keep saying to myself, like, you're doing OK. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to it's going to be fine. You're going to do this. Like, okay. you know, kind of talking yeah. myself down more. This, I mean, I the first week was really hard, for sure. Like, we had to keep going back because he was early and the jaundice and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you guys were going back, like, all the time. We were yeah. going back, like, every day for, like, the first, like, five days after he was born. And that was really hard on me physically. Yeah. Um, But, like, pretty soon after that, we kind of, like, got, just got things going. And um, right now, yeah, I mean, I'm insanely just busy all the time. Like, I'm just doing stuff for everybody all yeah. the time. It's less emotionally intense this time. I don't know why. No, I, don't I can see know. that. I mean, I don't like, know why either, but I get well, yeah. when I hear you say it, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's an interesting. I mean, you wonder how much just experience plays into it. Yeah, you I wonder don't know. how much. Because I don't think experience can necessarily negate like hormones or right. like, the disruption of a new baby or just like the physical exhaustion, like the sleep. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of things I think that go into sort of where we are emotionally when a new baby comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be that you're just distracted with everything else. Yeah. And, and it could be like after any big event, like six months later, it hit. You know, totally. something like hit. Totally. And you're like, you know, it, it's like do it with the old like bad haircut, uh, you know, comparison where you're like, my haircut's okay. And my mom's like, keep looking in the mirror because you don't want to cut yourself off guard. Right? <laughs> right? You don't want to like, what? Uh-huh. Um, because you could just easily be like, all right, well, that's what this is. Yeah. I, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just, I think we. Forget that this stuff goes in like different fluctuates ways. It fluctuates and, yeah, and totally. it goes up and down. Did you feel like you got, like, do you feel like you're getting some rest? Like, how are you doing sleep-wise? Um, sleep is okay. I mean, like, it's a little bit like there have been some mornings where, you know, you wake up feeling like, wait, that was supposed to be my rest? <laughs> like, now I have a whole day? A whole day with it, right. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just... You're I'm just, just in it rolling. Right I'm rolling. rolling. Yeah, right I don't. Now. I don't. I think maybe I'll have some like hindsight about it later yeah. on. Sure. But right now, I'm just like going. Yeah. Like, and I don't even feel like how I felt maybe three or four weeks ago when we talked on the phone. And yeah. I said like I felt like manic almost. Yeah. Like I was gonna crash. And like I don't really feel manic anymore. But I don't feel like I really crashed either. I just. <laughs> I'm like. I'm. You've just fallen into a suspended animation in yes. your forest a little bit. Yes. Right? Like real like. I am doing, everything's moving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, that's a good place to be for a while. Yeah, it's good. Right? I it's mean, a like, good place to be, I yeah. feel like I would take that place in a heartbeat, actually, because yeah. it's like, all right, things are functioning. I'm not yeah. 
you know, I haven't crashed per se. I'm not on the high end either. We're just doing it. Yeah, totally. Um, whether that's a healthy place to be or not, who knows? Yeah. But it feels good. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I say that in all honesty. Like, I always feel better when I'm kind of in those, like, I call it the shark mode where I just, it is. I'm it's, just I moving. was just thinking about your shark mode. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, but, yeah, that's a little bit like, like how I feel. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting like too excited about the fact right. that things aren't terrible <laughs> because like, you just got to stay in the zone a little bit. <laughs> like, keep your head down, like stay present. That's right. Constant predator eating. Yeah. Yeah. Eating, pooping, eating, pooping, (laughs) Uh, intimidating small things around me. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Uh, Mr. Curtis. Yeah. Cool as always. Yep. Was like, I'm so cool. I'm just going to show up to this party early. (laughs) By the way, Curtis, I find it uh, a good example to come early. Never be late to the theater, Curtis. Always come early. Oh, nice. Um, so, <clears throat> how? What happened? What happened? So, okay, I'll tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, shut up, and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I de- well, let's just preface it by saying I was not yet at the point of like people have listened to my last show and said like I could tell you were starting to be ready. Yeah, maybe I was starting to be ready, but I. Did not think he was going to come three weeks early. That was a shock. Can I, can I just tell everybody that, like, her last show was yeah. the one we just aired with Corin Tucker. Yeah, yeah. We had pre-recorded it. And at the end, I had this whole beautiful oh, thing. Oh, yeah, that's about, right. And I cut you off. Yeah, I was like, I no, this, whole, this like, isn't good right now. Teresa. And it's like this whole long thing. And you were like, don't play that. I'm going to be back next week. And you were, I was like, all right, you're doing a good job. Click. And just like, that was it. And like, if oh not God, two, days later, two days yeah. later, two days later, she's like, Text TV. My water broke. My water broke. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my God. I know. Well, Curtis heard me. uh He heard me loud and clear. I'll show you not taking a compliment at the end of the show. Yeah. So we, it was a Friday night, um, and we'd had, like, just a regular day. And, um, oh, and I'd had a massage that day, which is interesting because I- Everybody go get a massage. I know. Seriously. Well, (laughs) only if you're ready for the baby to come. (laughs) Because I also had a, I also had a massage um, the day that I went into labor with Grace. Okay. Um, so anyway, who knows? But, um, I had a massage and then I had like a regular day, picked up Grace. We went to Trader Joe's. She like had a huge like pier pants thing and we had to like walk to the car and get a change of clothes. It was just like a whole just normal stupid day. (laughs) And then, um, we were at home and we... We had a screener of Mo- of Moana because Jesse was going to mm. interview Lin-Manuel Miranda that following Sunday, which, surprise, but. didn't happen. <laughs> um, thanks, Curtis. But so we had uh, Moana. So we watched that with the kids and, like, had pizza and they went to bed. And then Jesse and I were, like, just talking. Yeah. And I really mean it. We were just talking, you guys. <laughs> and I rolled over in bed. <laughs> Were you saying that to imply that you guys weren't doing something else that might instigate well, a baby? Yeah, <laughs> like that can that can cause like people know that know, like I having know. sex can cause whatever. Yes, yes, we were not doing that. We were just talking. <laughs> we were in bed, and I rolled over from one side to the other. Oh. And you people with huge babies in you know exactly what that's like, <laughs> or who have had huge Get babies in you. Board. It's like hard to like roll your body over from one side to the other. And that's what I was doing. And as I rolled over, I felt the like crazy yeah. gush. And yeah. like with Oscar, my water had broken in bed, but it was like a leak. Yeah. This was just like a crazy gush. And yeah. I was like, like there was no mistaking what it right. was. 
And I said, oh, my God. And I said, hold on. Something just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, oh, my water broke. And so then, like, Jesse got up and we were stripping the bed. And I seriously, like, went into shock. Like, physical shock. Like, I started shaking uncontrollably. Oh, yeah. And had to, like, lay back down. Like, Jesse was like, okay, hold on. Just, like, lay back down for a minute. Yeah. We, like, stopped changing the sheets. And we were just talking. And I was... Like, I was physically in shock. Like, because... I forgot about that sensation, that shock sensation. I went into shock with Ellis, actually, a little in the... At, at the hospital, yeah. right? And like, but you, that, I mean, that just flew me back there. But you're right. Like, you, the, there's uncontrollable shaking. Totally. And you're like, yeah. I could barely talk. Yeah. And it was like 11 or 12 at night. And I had, like, I, I texted the babysitter just to say, this might be happening tonight. We might need you to come over. And she said, that's fine. I texted my mom. She said, you know, fine, yeah. I'll try to figure out a way to be there tomorrow. And... And so, like, I knew, like, I was, like, talking through it. Like, the first thing I thought of was my kids. Yeah. I was, like, I, I don't, I just, and I think also because I was tired because I'd had a whole big day. Yeah. Like, and it was 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I was just, like, I don't want to do this right now yeah. at all. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was, like, yes. this is so not what, I, like, it was just earlier than I thought. And I just, it just really surprised me. I don't yeah. know. I, like, I know that seems, like, really, like, duh. But, like, it just really did. Yeah. And so, I was, like, worrying about the kids, and Jesse's like, they're fine. They're, we have, you know, Lisette can come, and, right. you know, it's fine. And um, But I don't know. I was just, like, shaking like crazy and, like, really just, like, Ugh, I can't believe I have to give birth tonight. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and so, um, but then it was weird because, so then, like, we got up. We both packed a bag because yeah. we hadn't packed a bag yet. And, um, and then by the time... I got back. Oh, and I texted my doula. And then by the time I got back to bed, nothing had happened. Yeah. Which was a surprise to me because I assumed, of course, that it would happen the same way it did with Oscar. Which when Oscar, when my water broke with Oscar, like 10 minutes later, I started having contractions. Yeah. Um, And so I kept expecting that to happen, but they just didn't. And like, I'll never know if it was because I freaked out psychologically, like that, that just like put a stop to things or, or if it's like my water, like they, they say your, your water sack can like rupture just by like early when, like before the labor is ready to start. Like there's like lots of things that can happen and I'll never really know. But like, I will say I've totally like was scared which is weird because I was not scared like that with either of my other two and you would think (gasps) after two that you'd be less scared not more scared I don't don't know know. but I don't know you know like that like with the first two I think you were very good if I remember correctly you were very good uh between your first two when you had Oscar like of being like, well, I know what's supposed to happen and it's okay that this is different. Mm-hmm. And like it felt because I know that a second could be different. But I wonder mm-hmm. if the third, when so many things aren't happening even remotely like the first two, if mm-hmm. that's enough to make your brain go, some, well, no, yeah. I, by now things should be accountable, right? Yeah. Like, by now I should know, yeah. you know, like, you know, all those sort of uh, internal instincts that I totally disregard for years yeah. <laughs> during pregnancies, you know, now on the other side, I can say, huh, those are probably really valid. And you don't even know when they're kicking in or why they're kicking in. Yeah. But it doesn't actually surprise me that much to hear that there was maybe greater fear with this one. Because, A, I think 
the big gush is really unsettling, by yeah. the way. Just, yeah. It's like a really, if you have the it's big so gush. It's so final. It's, it's like, final. that's done now. It, again, You're going to have a baby now. It goes back a, to the TV shows where I'm least. like, how yeah. is that woman fucking standing there and everybody's just standing there I and know. the water breaks in the courtroom? I I'm know. just like, bullshit. I know. Uh, it's really unsettling. And then to not have your body do the things it has done done in the yeah. past when that's happened that yeah. can be unsettling yeah yeah anyway all right so you guys get to the hospital okay you're skipping way ahead well that's right we you don't go straight to the hospital yeah, we didn't go to the hospital <laughs> you went yeah you went and got a turkey sandwich right. Sure. yeah that's right i forgot i forgot you're an at-home laborer yeah yeah right. so i i didn't go, so i just labor wasn't starting so i just right. went back to bed so we oh, changed yeah. the sheets and we went to bed and i and i thought i, I thought there was no way i was going to be able to sleep because yeah. i was like so like on edge but I did I slept probably for like four hours and then the most amazing thing happened which was that both of my kids got up at like I don't know four or five a.m. and came and got in bed with me and went back to sleep with me one on either side which never happens like sometimes it's one sometimes it's the other but usually it's neither of them and usually it's that somebody needs something it's not just like I'm gonna crawl in bed with you it was Crazy. Like, it was so beautiful. It was Teresa? No, it was. That's incredible. It was amazing. because, And part of why it was amazing was that, like, the night before, I think part of my stress was that, like, I just, I felt like I hadn't had a chance to, like, say bye to my kids or yeah. anything. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is happening and they don't know and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so just, like, having that moment with them in the morning was ac- genuinely magical. Like, oh, my it was, God, that's so nice. It was so good. It was so good. And then we got up and I still hadn't started labor, but of course I knew my water broke. I didn't have like all the time in the world. So I told them like, guess what? We're going to have a baby today. And they were so excited and so cute. Um, And then like Curtis proceeded to just like stay in there all day. So no contractions whatsoever. (laughs) Like it was like, I know. So it was like, just like a few like Braxton Hicks type Uh, thing. Like maybe one that was like kind of something, but like nothing really. (laughs) At which point Abyss would have been at the hospital. Right. (laughs) Right. And so, and so then I just started getting like a little anxious and was like, what do I do? I don't really want to like wait a whole other night. Like I know I right. can, but at the hospital they're going to be mad at me and the yeah. risk of infection and blah blah oh, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I just ended up going. Jesse and I went to the hospital around like five o'clock the next day, um, and they were not happy with me that I had waited, waited that, long that long to come yeah. in. But it was totally fine. Like Bad. my doula knew all the like things to look for for potential infection, and none of those things were happening. Right. Like, so we knew we were fine but it's like against their rules or whatever yeah. so we went and um they're like okay so you know we're gonna give you pitocin because it's been like almost 24 hours yeah. and blah, blah, blah. oh Teresa, i didn't know any of this for yeah because yeah you... they had to induce me wow i didn't yeah. know this this was i not, know this is not your radio this is you know it's like totally different i all i've been pitocin many times yeah <laughs> you know like that's I didn't know this, and that's like a I big know. deal for you. Well, it's a big deal, I think, for everybody. everybody no, but, but I mean, like, I didn't, I, I didn't have it before. Yeah, yeah I didn't, didn't have, have it before. Right. And so, um, and I just like immediately knew when they said that that I just wanted to get an epidural. Like, I was like, I'm gonna yeah. get an epidural. Yeah. And then the doctor tried to talk me out of it. Wow. And was like telling me how, um, 
like they use Pitocin regularly in the UK and they don't use epidurals there. And I was like, great. And he's like, and Pitocin contractions are not really different from regular contractions. If you've done this twice, it's not going to be that different. Um, you know, your body will just kick in and right. blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, I just want that epidural. Good job, Teresa. <laughs> Good job, guys. I just want everybody to know this. I've seen Teresa twice. And I haven't spoken to her about this because I knew we were going to talk about it on the show. Yeah. And I just did not know this yeah. had been your third experience. Yeah, totally. This is a crazy different experience. It's totally different. Before. I'm so proud of you for being like, I want that fucking epidural. Check, please. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, also, Jesse and my doula were really supportive of that good. decision. Like, they both were like, like, we talked it through because it wasn't what I was planning to do, right. obviously. But, like, I just... That was just, I just wanted that. And they were both like, if you just want that, just just fucking do it. it. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to do it. And they were like, it's going to be great. Yeah, People do this all the time. You're going to be great. And I was like, yes. Okay. (laughs) And so I did. Yeah. Um, And it's still, you know, it's still like. (laughs) How was it? It was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. It was so easy. (laughs) Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, they still, like, it was a busy night yeah. in the hospital, and so, and I was, like, the most straightforward yeah. birth that was there, <laughs> and so I wasn't getting, like, as much attention, maybe, as some other people were, which is fine. Right. But once I, okay, so, my monitor kept slipping off. Yeah. So they didn't believe me that I was having contractions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm having contractions, and the nurse was like, well, we're not but we're not documenting it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to want that epidural like soon. And I was one when I first came in, like one centimeter. And so they're like, well, no, because if you're still at one. And I was like, I'm not at one. Yeah, I'm having contractions. I promise you I'm not at one. Yeah. Like I, I've done this two other times. Yeah. I'm not at one. And even my doula was like, this is not a woman who like, look at this. This woman is yeah. not she's there's no way she's at one. Yeah. And they're like, well, we still need to blah, blah, blah. And we'll take a look under the tent. I know. Exactly. Well, they couldn't check me because they wanted to, like, limit the number of times they checked me um, because my water had broken, had broken early. Limit so the they didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it was all this, like, guessing game. And so they kept, like, resetting the the monitor and then finally we kind of like pushed them again and they went and talked to like the attending doctor who I didn't meet but who apparently said check her and give her whatever she She wants wants. good job um (laughs) and so and so they came back in and and my doula oh my god compliment your doula she had the most genius idea in the world which is if they're gonna give you whatever you want no matter what why not get checked after your epidural so you don't have to get checked right now while you haven't had your epidural and I was like yes that's genius and so I asked the doctor and he was a little bit like uh then he was like all right fine oh no he said well the only issue with that is if we if we give you the epidural and then we check you and you're still at like one or two. And I was like, I- I'm not at one or two. No, one or two. And he's like, okay. So then they ordered the epidural. It took an hour for them to come. By the yeah. time they did it. Um, that's why you have to ask for it right at the beginning. I don't know why this always happens like this. But, it's, that, but that's like a thing. That yeah. People, but then they're like, but they won't give it give to you it at the beginning because then it'll slow everything down. So, yeah. yeah. It's just but a weird thing. it still takes thing. a fucking hour to get up there. Right. Yeah. But then, um, then they, they placed it and that was way easier than I thought it would be. I think people have really different experiences with that. I think I just got lucky with a good person who was like really fast and I barely felt it. And I was like, why was this something I was scared of? Right. Um, And then they checked me and I was at six. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Did you know that you were this far along? So you've been having contractions apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That went in New York. I was like, I hate you guys. (laughs) 
Um, I actually really liked my nurse, but she was kind of like the absent-minded professor a yeah. little bit. So it was just like slow-moving. Like yeah. things were not, we were like, we this is happening. I'm people. having a baby. Yeah. Like literally. So then, and then again, they're like, okay, so now that you've had the epidural, like you can take a nap. Take a no, nap we'll for a while. Eight hours. And I was, yeah, and I was like, well, they said four, but they're like, take a nap. We'll see you in four hours. And I was like, okay. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to fall asleep right now. And then conk. Yeah. I just like immediately fell asleep. Then I woke up. And it was like probably three hours later and I just was really awake yeah. and I couldn't feel anything from yeah. my waist down. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. But I was really awake. Yeah. And then some nurses started coming in and they're like freaking out because the baby's heart rate is dropping. It's because of the, yeah. It's because his head it's, was almost out. Yeah. It's because oh he was God. almost out. It's because he was there about to come, come out. out. Teresa. And so... So then they like they're like okay let's just have you do a practice push and this is so funny because with my first two kids okay pushing was really hard yeah. really really hard like really hard yes. like I pushed for so long so this one they're like okay do a practice push just a, a little push and so I start to push and they're like stop oh my God, stop, stop, stop stop okay get the doctor <laughs> and so they like Pew. came in and they let me do it on my side again yeah. which was good nice. Even though I was like, why did I need to do this again? Because I was like so high on the epidural and like numb that I was like, does it matter? And then I was just like, reach in there and take like, that baby oh, out. Yeah, I guess if I can't feel it, that's even worse yeah. for potentially separating my symphysis again. Right, and yeah. so I was like, yeah, I want to do it on my side. So we did that. And like it was, I'm not, I don't know how many pushes it was, but they were little easy pushes yeah. and it was very quick and um, then the baby was out and died baby, baby and baby. there he was there and he was. he was great he was and like all right, so, all right all right all right it was crazy it yes. was so crazy it was a completely different experience how interesting yeah. i think that's amazing i just think that's amazing to you know have had all those different experiences and you know i just well good job Thanks. i just think that's amazing good yeah, job thank you good job just like being clear and yeah you know, about what you wanted and having a good support team and yeah making this perfect baby just thank you good job and thank i you am so much so glad you didn't tell me about any of that before the show i mean guys it was like literally i'm like literally feel like i'm sitting around the campfire and somebody's yeah. telling me a story yeah. i'm just I'm like what happened next? <laughs> uh, well, Teresa, really good job. Thank you. I'm, I'm Thanks just, for asking. I really like talking about it. I can see why you would love to. I mean, I love sharing yeah. the birth story, but like it's yeah. such a different experience than the first two. Well, I does, think that's, it doesn't mean anything. That, I think that's a little bit partially why I like want people to ask me yeah. so that I can tell them because I'm. it's kind of. It, it was kind of cool that like yeah. it was so different. Like yeah. and I and I and I assume that the reason people don't ask is because it's my third kid and they just assume the it was a thing. similar yeah. like you just have three kids and by yeah, the I'm third sure one they're all probably the same. just like the last one or You're something. Just like washing dishes and yeah. the baby falls out. You exactly. have a baby. Exactly. <laughs> now that would be something new. <laughs> that would be something be a different. much shorter show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's Max Fun Drive time, guys. And One Bed Mother has a very special challenge uh, going on. And that is if you become a new or upgrading uh, member at the $35 a month level, Teresa and I will call you and absolve you of your parenting guilt. (laughs) 
I'm so excited about this, you guys. I've just been on Twitter coming up with various things that you might be feeling guilty about yeah. and being like, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, we will they don't you- have to be like as not that bad as business. Like business was like, you picked up a birthday present on the way to the party. <laughs> Who's feeling fucking guilty no about one. that? No. Somebody's probably you feeling guilty about that. You came with a present. You came with a present. Good you job. Win. You win. I mean, it may be an easy bake oven for a two-year-old, but it's still fine. We will, it's basically like having us for a live genius failer rant, whichever yeah. you want is basically what's happening. Yes. Uh, so uh, you, all you have to do is be a new or upgrading member at the $35 level a month and uh, just email us at onebadmother at maximumfun.org and say, I did it. And then yeah. we'll reach out to you guys in a couple of weeks when the drive's over and set up a time to call. You also get what is included in the regular Max Fun Drive gifts at that level. And at that level, you're getting beer mugs, Maximum Fun beer mugs and they're mm-hmm. delightful and you can chill them and you can have your beverage while you're listening to or you could put a apple juice in it or some like i don't know do you like cold tea or cold brew coffee you stick that mm-hmm. in there whatever you want to put in your mug and you can listen to uh, one bed mother and other shows or the sound of your cooing baby whichever you would like and at that level you get all the gifts that come under that at the earlier levels so you get you would get what you get at the $20 level, which is the Max Fun Stay in Touch Kit, which is stationary and all. Oh my God, there's a baby here, guys. You don't get Teresa's <laughs> and he's baby. Stretching. He's stretching. Baby stretch. Uh, at the $10 level, you get a really cool pen. Yeah. Uh, and they've got pens for each show. So you yeah. could pick the One Bed Mother pen. And then at the $5 a month level, uh, you get all the old bonus, not old, new and old bonus content yep. going all the way back of all. All the Max Fun shows. So and every year mother. we do, every year we do a new. Yeah, this bonus year episode, it was so. we did one yeah. on collecting, uh, which really boiled down to rocks in your house. <laughs> <laughs> we had an in-depth discussion about rock collections and other things. Uh, so again, uh, you can come in as a member at any level and get cool stuff. Uh, and the, but the thirty-five one, we're doing a special thing. We will call and absolve you of your parenting guilt. Uh, Either way, it's just our way of saying thank you for supporting our show and Maximum Fun. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I have (laughs) taken a shower, I think, every single day since (gasps) Curtis was born. I think every single day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Could I? There might have been one or two days in the first week where I didn't, and there have definitely been a couple days where the shower didn't happen till like four o'clock. But yeah, I've been showering every day. Like I've just been totally prioritizing the shower, so I'll just bring the baby in. You know, like as soon as he's asleep, I'll just put him in the rock and play, bring him into the bathroom, and take a shower. And like if he's a little, if if it ends up being rushed. Or he's a little fussy or whatever. Like, I just always figure it out. Yeah. But I just, I feel 
a million times better no matter like it's even better than a nap or like a walk yeah it's like it's like so cute like I just realized like how different I feel so yeah I've been taking a shower every single day (laughs) that is really fucking trophy worthy genius thank you you're doing a remarkable thank you thank you so much what do you got I survived spring break, guys. Uh, our spring break was last week. It was earlier than the whole, like our the Pasadena Unified was way early <laughs> than everybody else in L.A. Um, and I, some of you may remember, summer had been difficult for me. I had not done well at summer with my children. Yeah. Uh, neither had the Christmas holiday break. <laughs> and so I was really like, I've got to get ahead of myself for spring break. And I had them signed up for a you know, couple of morning activities. So there was never like I had some time each morning for myself. By 12, everybody was back in the house. Uh, but that made a huge difference. Uh, I showered every day during spring break. There you go. That was a big important deal. I went out and did some walking when they were not with me. Mm-hmm. I prioritized a walk for myself as nice. opposed to like scrambling yeah. to do everything else poorly. Yeah. I did my walk nice. and then I just got ahead and I made some like Pinteresty stuff. Like I did some Play-Doh and I did some Goop, which is stuff both kids love. And I just had enough. Like I let Ellis just cut the shit out of a doll's hair and he just sat there for like a whole day cutting hair. And then I went to Target and got three more dolls for like three bucks uh, for him just to cut hair. Like I just was like, we just did it. And I just didn't feel ever once like I was losing my mind and it felt like a real achievement. That sounds like a huge achievement. I don't don't know if we can recreate this ever again, but I am taking it for the win. Good job. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling with a genius. We have had a very shitty month. Um, mostly because my father-in-law died, and it's been really, really hard and really, really sad. And today my husband was really, really sick, so he went and laid down after work. And I decided that with my 18-month-old daughter, I was just going to put on Winnie the Pooh. So I did. I put on Winnie the Pooh, and we got to snuggle for like 15 minutes, which is as long as an 18-month-old can snuggle for. And then she was very happy to just kind of sort of watch it and play with her toys. And I got the kitchen cleaned. And I put away some of her toys. And now my house doesn't look like a disaster for the first time in a month. And, oh, my God, I love Winnie the Pooh. Thank you, Winnie the Pooh. Thanks, one bad mother. Keep up the good work. (laughs) I like that she didn't bury the lead in this one. No. (laughs) Okay, look, here's the genius is that you guys are going through a remarkably difficult time. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's so smart that they're kind of keeping it low. Like, she didn't say they're trying to do 8 million things. She's yeah. like, look, we're going through this process. It has been insane. Yeah. Uh, my husband's sick on top of it. That's insane. And I just, we're just watching a movie and we're hanging out and we're keeping it simple. And it, it, listening to her call made me feel like, you know, like when everything kind of goes crazy mm-hmm. and sometimes the most natural instinct is to just get small mm-hmm. with it, if that makes sense, where you're like, we're just staying in. Mm-hmm. We're just focusing on these really small, mm-hmm. doable things. Mm-hmm. And I, be it Winnie the Pooh or if that represents any number of small actions that you're taking to, like, get through this time, good job. Yeah. Failures. Fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So nice having you back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 
I drove here with the baby uh, for the first time today. It might be the last time I bring the baby. I don't know. I just didn't. I hadn't like pumped and I wasn't like ready to leave. Uh, this baby is totally here. He's here. It's fine. Okay. It's Curtis. He's, he's cool. Sli- he's sleeping right now. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I like didn't. I was going to be on time, but then <laughs> I parked and I got out and I got the little like um, travel system stroller thing out so that I could just like attach the car seat to it. And then I flung the door open of the, of the, of the baby's uh, the baby's passenger side door. I flung it open really hard and just slammed it right into the curb because on Wilshire Boulevard, like near where the office is, the curbs are just really fucking high. high. They're they're just really high. And I know that. I've been parking here for years. Um, And so I slammed my door into the curb, which sucked. And then I also realized, okay, I can't get the door open. I can't get the baby out. (laughs) So the the stroller is just sitting out on the curb and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put the stroller away. I'm like, I can't, there's nowhere else really to park. Right. Like the only other parking that doesn't have that high curb is two hour parking. We need right. more we than need that, that. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so I'm like, I'm pretty much going to stay here. So I'll just pull, I guess I'll pull the car out into the street and then get like a little bit more and get the baby out. But I tried to move the car twice and twice got back in the car, tried to move it. And like it wasn't out. It wasn't wide enough from the curb to like be able to open, open the, the door out. big enough to get the kid out with the car seat. Right. Like I could have reached in probably and gotten him, but not with the car, car seat. seat. And I need the car seat because we're going to be here a while. Um, and I have to have a place to put him down. And so <laughs> never leave the house. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, Ugh. so then I'm like, all right, I'll just pull it out like a little bit more, like to the point where it's kind of sticking into the road. But then I can just move it back after I get the baby out. So I do that. But then I have the baby out. I'm like, I'm not going to leave the baby <laughs> on the curb. A third baby. While I move my car. Like it's not whatever. It was just it would have been really weird. So anyways, I, I realized this and the baby's out of the car and I'm like, OK, I guess I'm just going to leave my car slightly sticking into Wilshire because I don't really know what else to do at this point. So then I came inside and I was like, well, I guess I can send Jesse down to move it because, you know, Jesse works here. But I came upstairs and he was in the middle of a recording. So he didn't come out for another 25, yeah. 30 oh, yeah. it was a minutes. While. And then he did go move the car, but I haven't like seen him since then. So I'm assuming I have like a huge parking ticket. Oh. Um, and hopefully my car just didn't get smashed. Slammed. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so that was... That's a thing. That was something that happened. Look at you leaving the house. Look at you leaving the house. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know how we keep functioning as a society. Oh, well, I uh, decided to try a big... In my my journey for finding things for my children to do over spring break, uh, I was looking at Pinterest where I go for ideas Mm -hmm. uh, to not achieve or do, Mm -hmm. but just to save and store and feel like I'm doing some parenting. And I came upon do-it-yourself kinetic sand. Now, I have spoken about how much I Mm. like real kinetic sand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fall on the floor too bad. It's not super messy. It really stays together. It's a remarkable thing. Ours has been long destroyed and gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that thing had lasted a year. And I thought, I got a bag of sand. 
uh, from the other sand project I did a while ago, I bet I can make some kinetic sand. Won't this be great? So one of those days after I come home from a walk, I pull out a bin. I start making this kinetic sand. Uh, guys, you can't make your own kinetic sand. I'm just going to start with that. If you want, if you're like torn between like, do I want to make this and spend like the two hours it seems to take to make it? Like when Because I, I tried to do like a double batch. I thought, oh, right. I'm not going to make a little bit. I'll make a lot. Right. Because I'm sure that won't affect the recipe or how this turns out. Oh, God. Uh, I definitely want to add color. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Yeah. Guys, like up to my wrist, oh, no. my, I was blue. No. And it just e- dried out like Im- immediately. And the other bad thing was somebody had said you should put like tea tree oil in it so it doesn't become like get it kills bacteria and stuff. Yeah. So I did that. So now it just smells like a disgusting spa and I'm blue. And like, I, I, like by the time I was done making this, oh, too much water. Oh, now it's too dry. Oh, too much water. Now it's too much dry. Ooh. Like I, it was just like, it was a farce. It yeah. was a farce and the kids weren't home. And then I had to go get the kids and I was like, am I just going to throw this all away? And I just was uh-huh. like, no, I'm going to let the kids play in it like uh, when they yeah. come home. But like, is, is the blue ever going to stop coming off on right. kids? And right. it just was like basically like a total fail. It was oh just like God. I wasted two hours. There's sand like all over my fucking house. Yeah. Everything's blue. Yeah. And it smells bad. Yeah. And it's just sand and cornstarch basically mixed together right now. So this is a fail. Uh, This is the first time I've called you guys, but I've been listening for a while now. And I am currently almost 36 weeks pregnant with my third child. My youngest alive child, I guess, is um, three and a half. And so it's been a while since I've had any of the baby stuff, and I am in the process of kind of cleaning some of it up and... Um, getting ready for the new baby. Uh, and we have this rocker thing. Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's just a, a – it's fairly tall. It sits next to my bed, and baby – my first two slept in it for the first month or so of their life. And so I'm getting that ready for this one. And the cover of it comes off, and I pulled that off yesterday to wash it. And down in the bottom of it, where the baby's butt goes, was this – sort of a miniature hockey puck shaped thing. It was very dark colored and round and almost flat, maybe a half inch thick. I'm trying to figure out what this is and as I look at it, I realize it is a squashed clementine um, that has petrified over the last few years and uh, I don't it's not really moldy, it's just kind of gross. And so sometime over the last three years, this clementine got in there, not even over the last three years, over the first few months of my second child sitting in there, my oldest must have put that in there somehow, and I just didn't know it, and it's been sitting there for three years, getting disgusting. So yeah, that's my fail, of not properly cleaning my baby stuff before I put it away in storage. Thank you. I love the show. Bye-bye. So, it's so appropriate. It's so appropriate. It just appropriate. makes so much sense yeah, that there it, would be a clementine. Be a clementine. A Thank God. We all thought that was going to go somewhere we else. We did, yeah. We thought it was going to say. But I, it's gross no matter what, it's, Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the number of times I've pulled down, like, the backpack or uh-huh. the diaper bag yeah. that we don't travel with except for travel. Yeah. And the stuff I've pulled out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, like, um, yeah. I've found, like, sippy cups of really curdled milk oh, in weird ooh. places in the house that have just been sitting somewhere never look under your refrigerator or your like oven 
yeah. ever for no. thing for food that that no. children have just like hockey pucked under there. Speaking yeah. of hockey pucks, well, you're doing a horrible job. Yeah, I, I can't believe you <laughs> even allowed to have furniture for your children to sit in. There you go. That's that's absolute failure. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Teresa, let's call a parent. Great. Oh, this week we are going to talk to Jancy Dunn, the New York Times bestselling author of five books, including But Enough About Me, a memoir of her rock and roll years, and an essay collection, which is really great, guys. It's called Why Is My Mother Getting a Tattoo? And other questions I wish I never had to answer. <laughs> uh, she was, 68. 68. <laughs> she was a staff writer at Rolling Stone for over a decade and a VJ at MTV for five years. She writes for many publications, including the New York Times, Vogue, Food and Wine, and Parents, uh, and was a columnist for GQ and Oh, the Oprah magazine. Uh, you know, she has some time. Uh, welcome, Jancy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we get into uh, the your new book, uh, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Having Kids, I want to I want to ask you what we ask uh, all of our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Okay, I uh, live with my husband, Tom Vanderbilt, not one of those Vanderbilts, and my seven-year-old, he didn't tell me till the third date, right? Would you? Uh, he he kept that under, yeah. <laughs> and then um, my seven-year-old daughter, Sylvie. Let's talk about the book. Your new book is How Not to Hate Your, Your Husband uh, After You Have Kids. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, bef- I guess I want to start with uh, why... Why did you write it? Like, what what sort of kicked this off for you to want to to want to write the book, as well as, uh, you know, what were you hoping to kind of get out of it for for yourself or or for others? Like, take us through the origin of this story, as it were. I, I generally I write for magazines, and then at three when I go pick up my daughter, I'm I'm you know just regular mom, and so on the playground I just noticed a lot of anger. I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> from, from so much anger, such a deep anger yeah. and hatred sometimes. And it was from stay-at-home moms. It was from working moms. It was just, I, I thought, okay, maybe this is something. And then, I mean, look, in my own life, we were we were fighting a lot. And prior to having our daughter, we really didn't fight. I had dated a bunch of um, uh, kind of losery guys, and, <laughs> and I was so happy to find him we got along great. And then I just couldn't believe how much we were fighting. And I had kind of this secret shame about it too, because if you, you know, on Instagram, everyone's doing great with their newborns, you know? And, and, and even with some of my friends, I mean, after I wrote this book, one of my friends said, Oh, John and I didn't talk for two years when the twins were born. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me, you know, this is a good friend of mine. We talk about hair removal, you know, and, and, and our, 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 (laughs) really intimate stuff and it's just something you're sort of protective of your husband he's not like some schlumpy boyfriend that you're dating and you can you know tell your girlfriends everything it's a little different and so I just thought well maybe this is something and I I went home and I I also because I to answer the second part of your question I I didn't just want to kind of stay in this um this kind of zone where I just 
complained about my husband all the time with right. my friends. It was like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, this is, you know, this is your husband. This is the guy you liked enough to have him impregnate you in the first place, right? And and so I just thought, okay, well, what next? And so that's where it came about. And at first, I wasn't going to do a book on it. I was just going to, I read about health a lot. I read about psychology. And I thought, well, Jesus, I know a lot of experts. Why Why am I not trying harder? And also, I become, could this answer be longer? I'm sorry, but no, you're fine. It's, it's, all, it's all flowing out of me. I was so child-centric that I thought, you know, like our fighting, I thought, oh, this is, re- it's beginning to affect our child because she's getting a little watchful and yeah. cautious. And I thought, oh, I'm changing her personality. Like, this is bad. But, but it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed to think like, that was my motive. My main motive was like, oh, I'm ruining my kid. And it, <laughs> it didn't, I thought like, what about my marriage, which was on shaky, shaky ground? So, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't I be more concerned about the very foundation of our family, you know? Yeah, well, it's interesting. We've, uh, on the show, we've, we've had a couple of different people come on. And when I, and, and Teresa and I have spoken often about just, you know, partnerships and things that change after you have your kids. And, you know, one of our first mantras was, you know, I didn't marry an asshole. Right. Like right. It, there's a yeah. it, maybe you did. Look, there are, I'm no. not saying there are not assholes out in the world, but I didn't marry one. So why is suddenly uh, everything feeling more difficult? And then on top of that, we had an expert come in who, who said, like, you know, uh, she called it the bandage. Like you had to sometimes during those first couple of years, just figure out a way to put a bandage around you guys to get through mm-hmm. because it's really difficult to, to uh, whoever you, if, you, if you're partnered with somebody and you're going into this, it can be totally not what you expected it to be. And, and then I feel like for me, it was very easy to be like, Okay, but that's I'll pay attention to that later or that's going to change. I'm just in a bad mood or I'm just tired or he's just tired and it it'll just sort itself out. And then you know, we really had to figure out, oh, we have to actually talk to each other about. Huh. Huh. Look at that. That's that's interesting. Uh it didn't work when he couldn't read my mind when we were dating, and now it doesn't work right? when I can't read his after we're, you know, I have kids. But uh so I want to kind of get into that. I want to talk about uh, triggers, given what you've been writing, and that is, what do you think uh, some of the main triggers are for relationships uh, right when it's right when it when right when the new kids come in, or a kid, or any big life change? Yeah. So the triggers for me were that he truly couldn't see when I needed help. Like he's a classic guy. Um, my dad was the same way that like stands at the at the um, the front door while you're while you're a hurricane trying to get everybody out of the house and he's just like jingling the keys and you're like wait, wait, help me help a mother out like what are you doing you know and or he'll weave past me while I'm doing fifty things in the kitchen to get himself some wine and a little little dish of cashews you know and and he truly well you've got everything under control Jancy why do you- well, that's the thing, too, is I'm my own worst enemy because I'm like, oh, you know, I got this. Like, I can, I can do this. But I was, of course, so burned out and resentful that even though I was on top of everything, you know, I wasn't very fun to be around. So the triggers for me were that he could not see that I needed help. It was just so strange to me. And I would take it personally when really he was clueless. Although I asked the both of you, 
do they get a pass if they're if they're clueless, if they're well meaning but clueless? I don't know. Well, I you know, I you know, I think for us, uh, for me and and my partner, it, it we're what I had to like learn right away, and you touch on some of this in your book, was I wasn't letting him. I was yeah. you know, I wasn't being clear. Part of being clueless is there there's two sides to being clueless, right? There's if no exactly. one's asking me to do this thing. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, and my brain, and I'm just like not in the zone to think about it, right? Like, yes, the other person's got to say, "I need, I need your help," right? Like, if you're not asking, that's true in, in lots of relationships and in lots of scenarios, right? It's like you're never going to get a raise if you don't ask for it, right? Like that's exactly, you know, and it's, and I think you talk some about. Uh, maternal gatekeeping, uh, which we've talked about a lot on the show, where it's like you never let your partner fail. You don't even give them yes. the chance to like set to do it. I just got it. I've got it. My takeaway was that that was like a big trigger in general was this no one's saying to each other, I need or what do you need? Right? Exactly. And that was my, I mean, you know, I know you've talked about maternal gatekeeping and I was, I was doing it all the time. Yes. Yeah. Two things. First of all, I I went. I just started fuming right away and being yeah. angry that he couldn't read my mind. Like I'm, I'm like I'm banging pots and pans. How can he not know that I'm angry? <laughs> or like I'm emptying the dishwasher and I'm like slinging things like they're frisbees. You know, like how can you not know that I need help with the dishwasher? Instead of just saying to the guy like, okay, you up, you know, come on over, help me with the dishes. You know, calmly like a grown up. We're the grown ups, and I really never. I mean, I, I think back and I can't believe I, I rarely articulated what I needed. I was never specific. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going out right now. So can you get, you know, the code on her and do this? and do, You're just simple. And also delegating, as you pointed out, like I did everything. I was the martyr and he wasn't, he was shut out. You know, since I've been talking to these psychologists and social scientists, it's like I look back on how he was, shut out yeah. before our child was born. Like I was getting advice from friends. I was, I had a baby shower. I had 50 people tell me, Oh, triple cream. It's so great for diaper. You know, like yeah. there's a million things. And he wasn't getting any of that. And it continued when the baby was born. And even recently, you know, um, I'm, I'm minding my, I'm, I'm thinking of ways that I shut him out. Like if I'm, you know, an texting with a bunch of moms, he'll say, you know, Oh, what are you texting about? Because he he loves all that stuff. He loves the schoolyard gossip. Yeah. He loves the stuff about the moms. You know, he wants in. And I I I caught myself saying, "Oh, you wouldn't be interested." Well, that's how do I know he wouldn't be interested? Right. And in fact, he was interested. And you know, I've learned to CC him on playdate emails, even like uh-huh. stuff that he'll never respond to. But like. Why wouldn't you I've bring thought about in? that recently. Kid? Like, I know the mom and I know the dad. Why am I just only emailing, emailing the mom? With her? Yeah, no, we do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do that, too. It's like, and I, whenever I put anything in the schedule for the kids, like, in my own personal calendar, whether it's mm-hmm. a birthday party or a swim class or just, like, anything during the week where I know Stefan's not going to be able to do it, he is on that invite, like, mm-hmm. every single time. So he knows time. what's happening. So he knows yeah. what's happening. Actually, I want to talk more about that. I want to talk about ways that to to kind of work through it. Like, how do you... I have to admit, I'm going to be honest here, mm-hmm. and that book came 
and mm-hmm. your book came, and I had it on my bedside table to take a look at it. And Stefan walks through and was like, "Oh, are you trying to tell me something?" And like, right? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, no!" And like, but like, even that. I think t- Jesse said the exact. Yeah, I think same Jesse said the thing same thing when it was sitting mm-hmm. on my coffee table. And like, so how do we even broach? I mean, it's hard to talk about. I mean, A, you've got to get yourself psyched up to say, oops, I haven't been telling you what I need, right? And your partner has to be like, oops, I haven't been doing anything because I didn't know you needed any help. I thought I was helping. I mean, Stefan always was like, oh, I thought I was helping when I was doing these things. And then I have to be like, okay, you're right. Those were helpful. But what I need are these things, right? Like you even get the conversation started. And here's the thing, you get into the book and the book has a lot of good information and a lot of good examples that I think are very relatable for both partners in the relationship to use to start conversations. But Mm -hmm. even just like starting it or like, I mean, you can't put, I mean, putting that book down started a conversation for us, but it was a different conversation that I wasn't expecting to have, right? Like, how do we start that without immediately putting ourselves into well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's what I meant. Like, you know. Right. I love the husband imitation. Yeah. like like the universal husband imitation. Yeah, it is. It was totally like, well, it does. But I mean, that's part of it is when we have these discussions, you don't want to say this is all dudes or these are all partners Mm -hmm. or these are all primary caregivers or the, but, but the difficulties are universal in the sense of communication and uh, wanting to make your relationship work. Right. So how do we start that process well I, I, and i feel like you know yes i know the title immediately puts all men on the defensive <laughs> when i i really i i made sure and that i was as much at fault as he was of course you can't tell that by the title right but like i had my mother read every word she, tom my husband can do no wrong in my mother's eyes right so she had to like vet this entire book and make sure i didn't take like cheap shots at him, you know, right. but in order to start the dialogue, I mean, we started it by saying, I, I said to him, like, are you happy right now? Do, do I seem happy? You you know, if I, it's such an upward spiral, if we change what we're doing, I mean, uh, one, one couples counselor said to me, your marriage starts at zero. When you have a baby, you have a new relationship. Your mm. old relationship is gone. Your new one is brand new and you have to, you know, get the rules, establish new mm. rules, establish new ways of communicating. You're going from the ground up. Everything he said, everything is up for renegotiation. And so, you know, we have to build everything from scratch. But when we did, it really was an upward spiral. Like if I had to sell it to Tom again right now, I would say like, try it my way for two months. Like, let's just try it a different way and I'll be happier. You will be happier. Our child will be happier It'll be like an upward spiral if, if, if we can just try this different way, you know. But, but again, I mean, putting him on the defensive was not the way to do it. And it certainly wasn't working for me to hurl accusations at the guy, you know, right. like you're useless. And I mean, could he maybe, was it a bad idea? Oh, oh, hold on. Look, he's, he's, he's opening up the door right now and he's like doing the gesturing thing where you don't know what they're doing. What? Do you want? Can you go and get them and bring them back here? Look, we're getting a little slice of life here. Yeah, it's Molly too, okay? See? So it good. worked. That so was good. Real. See? Look, you guys he communicated. Came, he came in and said, do you want me to go and get the girls? Because my friend, my daughter's having a play date. And he, he just went and caught them. That wasn't scripted. 
Genius. Um, Genius. Genius Genius at work. Look, look, it works. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, it was just, I I just feel like, you know, it, it was, it was okay to start from the ground up and it was a lot of work, but it just, we had to redo everything. Maybe that sounds too daunting. No, I, I, I don't think know. that sounds right on. I think there's real truth in that because whatever yeah. we were doing, whatever was like a cool way to spend a Friday night or uh-huh. uh, to use your money or to, I don't know, like whatever the day to like who goes to work at what time, before the kid comes, those rules do get established and they make total sense. And then right. when... Uh, a baby comes along, everything does get changed. And it's very easy for only one person to be experiencing that change, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's intentional or not. But like suddenly Friday nights, chilling and watching a movie seems like really odd to one person or maybe not to another person or like, how do I use my time when I come home from work? Is that different? Should that expectation be changed? Like, what is a date night anymore? You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I think actually saying and and you talk about this in the book, but trying to get ahead of it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was this one exercise that um, John and Julie Gottman, you know, they have this, um, they have a couple therapists and they have this great program called Bringing Baby Home, which I wish I had done, where again, you have the big conversations. We didn't have one. We talked yeah. about the decor of the baby's room. We, t- talking about names is lots of fun. Yeah. But we, we didn't <laughs> have a serious conversation about anything. And it's it's also kind of funny how when you have a kid, you know, that word values is annoying. But, like, when you have a kid, your kind of values bubble up that you didn't even know you had. Like, right? some people go more traditional. Some people get more religious. You know, you, you, don't, even, you don't even know until the baby comes. So, right. I mean, there was, there was one exercise that I thought was helpful, and it was <clears throat> name, you know, because you can't get away from your background, right? Right. Name three things, uh, three to five things about, name, let's say five. Name five things that you loved about um, being parented when you were growing up and five things that you didn't love and are not going to do. And even that would at least oh, yeah. have indicated to like my husband, like what was important, what I loved about, you know, being a kid myself and you know, what I, you know, I was spanked when I was a kid. I, I didn't do, I didn't want to do that with my own child, you know, but, but it was, it was stuff like that that we just didn't do. And so yeah, just sitting down and having the hard conversations. And even, like, even now, this is so not sexy and so boring, but we really do have a meeting once a week, like a family meeting of like, okay, what are you going to do on Sunday? All right, you can, I'm going to go out with my friend for a few hours. You can go ride your bike. You know, we had, we, we organize our weekends. I mean, it is, it's just like what you said, like, everything is different. And so we, we had to negotiate, but you can negotiate. It's kind of, you know, lawyer-like, but that's okay. You know, it has to happen. It just doesn't, it didn't happen organically anymore. Whereas when we were, right. at, you know, pre-kid, everything was organic. And I thought, oh, that's how it's going to go. <laughs> stupid was I. God. It went out, uh, organic uh, plan and problem solving went out the door with all the organic food. I swore I was going to feed my child. Exactly. <laughs> Here's your ho-ho. Um, sorry, Teresa. I, I just want to add, like, I, I like the starting over at zero concept um, also because I think so many of us don't have those conversations before you have the baby. And I think 
although those are helpful, if you don't have them, it can also be mm-hmm. fine because you're going to change your mind. Like we are yeah. changing our minds about so many things yeah. after the baby yeah. comes. We don't always necessarily know how we're going to feel in advance. But like if you mm-hmm. keep in mind that like starting from zero thing, it's like mm-hmm. a way of staying in the present yeah. a lot where you're just like, well, I don't it doesn't matter what I said before or like what we established before. Like what matters is us being here and now and like taking care of each other. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like and when I say taking care of each other, I mean like and giving to that relationship, like helping to build that relationship. But now it's, yeah, not, it's not about just the one conversation. Yeah. It's the millions of conversations. Yeah. yeah but I think yeah. like I think so many of the like weird ruts we get into mm-hmm. are just like pre-established things yeah. from before that are like like that there was like groundwork for those before and we don't know how to like get out of it and it just sort of happens and it's on you and you like can't fix it but if you think about it as being like starting fresh like almost Mm -hmm. like anything is possible you could just have what you want you just like (laughs) say it you know like yeah no I yeah I absolutely uh well Jancy thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this guys I I really do recommend the book How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids it's there's a lot of great stuff in there for just getting conversations started uh with your partner to be fair there's other things in there that whether you don't have a partner just things you might be finding yourself wrestling with. And for me, seeing some things on the page, I was like, oh, my God, are you in my diary? Like, this is, and, and we've got a great relationship. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, I felt exactly this thing. You know? And so it is always helpful to sometimes uh, see it on the page uh, to allow you to say, oh, that's, a, that's something I need to address uh, or change or work on so that that's not, how I'm living my life. So so thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us about it and for writing this book. Oh, it was a thrill to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Brainwaves send a message. Pick up the phone when you like a- Go figure. Yeah. Relationships. Yep. A, a, a work in progress. <laughs> I got to tell you, there were some moments in the book where I was just like, oh, yeah. this is literally something yeah. we went through three years ago. Right. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and it is it's always touchy. I think when you have to bring up with your partner changes, if you haven't been good at communicating it to begin with. But let's just all fall back on the old. I didn't marry an asshole. And my partner didn't marry an asshole either, right? Because right? I know that for me, my biggest struggle was always feeling like I was the bad guy all the time, oh. right? Like I felt like I was the one who was being the bad guy or demanding things. And what the problem was, was that Stefan didn't know I needed these things, right? right. So right. <laughs> it also goes back to the mantra we've used in the past where, huh, maybe it was me. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a really uh, helpful book, guys. So uh, check that out. Speaking of things that are helpful, let's take a moment to listen to Curtis have a breakdown, and then we'll follow that with a mom having a breakdown. Uh, Hello. I have a rant, and apparently so does my baby. (laughs) He is five months old. When I went back to work, when he was 12 weeks old, I got in one week of daycare before daycare closed. I haven't been able to find anyone else because everybody's booked through September. I finally got him a spot in a place that costs 
like twice my mortgage. I figured we'd take it for a couple months. It's supposed to start tomorrow, and they call me today. They don't have a license. My wisdom tooth has decided to come through the side of my gum. This happened when I was pregnant. I'm 34. Whose wisdom tooth comes in when they're 34? I don't have time to get it out because I've got this one. <sighs> Thank you. I feel better. Bye. Yeah. How what, do I get what, it done? Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> Sorry, what? and I am not laughing at you. I am no. laughing at like how screwed just life. up. Well, yeah, it's just like that's that like now oh, they're coming to take me away to the farmhouse. Yeah, you know, laugh right. Like yeah. that's where the crazy people go in my family. The farmhouse. The farmhouse. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, oh my gosh, I just think we need to have a moment about daycare or childcare in general, and mm-hmm. really give it the fucking respect that it deserves and how difficult it is to get that stuff organized and lined up to find the one that you like. Yeah. You might try one and then something weird's happening, but you're not sure. Is it me? Am I weird? Yeah, we go back and find out. Do I talk to them? Do I? (laughs) Like, I'm like writing angry Yelp letters. The, (laughs) uh, but also like, it's hard enough when your sitter or your daycare cancels because of sickness or because of whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then that, but this woman is working and she has no daycare option at the moment, which means there's something being, something is being juggled. She doesn't talk a lot about what the other options that are happening. Yeah. But like, what a stressful place to have to be. Totally. And then side note, wisdom tooth. Yeah. There's nothing good about mouth issues, guys. No. They're always distracting and awful. No, Maybe you're awful. a witch. Maybe <laughs> that's what that indicates. Plus, like, let's not forget, five-month-olds are not it's, sleeping through the night, yeah, right? You're not, like, your forest has changed, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, and you're back to work. Yeah. Like, that's a lot yes. happening at once. Yes. And you're doing remarkable yeah. under what I think are incredibly difficult, stressful situations. I agree. I mean, like, that's... How do we fucking do anything? Don't I like, know. legitimately do I don't not know. know. Yeah. I, we just are like sharks. Yep. Slowly moving through yeah. until we come to our end. Yeah. <laughs> till, till we eat a boat and it's all over. Um, well, you are doing a fucking great job. Yeah, you are. You're awesome. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be okay. You'll yeah, figure you'll be, something out. <laughs> something will happen. Yeah. Something will change. Yeah. Yeah. So good job. Speaking of good job, guys, Max Fun Drive yep. is wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of days left when this episode comes out. There's usually a bit of a grace period, so if you're not sure, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yeah. If everything's still up there, if the gifts are still up there, <laughs> you, get you go ahead and donate, <laughs> you will get a gift. We're not going to leave that stuff up there That's and right. say, like, you didn't donate in time. Yeah, so. we just want you to know, for everybody who's already donated and who's already a member, thank you so much. It it We hope that you feel good about your choice to support us uh, so that we can make this show happen. There are so many things that we would like to do uh, with the One Bad Mother community uh, over the next year, and your support is going to allow us to be able to do that. Thank you so much for doing it. You know, I think... 
our listeners, I don't want to speak for everybody, but our listeners tend to have a lot on our plates. Yeah. We tend to not have as much discretionary income. Um, we tend to have a lot that we need to juggle and we're budgeting and, you know, right. every penny makes a difference sometimes and we totally get that. Um, so I think we, for this show, we sometimes have a little bit of an uphill battle in terms of fundraising compared to some of the other shows uh, where their listenership doesn't... I'm, totally grossly generalizing right now, but a a lot of the other shows, um, you know, people don't have all the financial responsibilities that our listeners do. So I just, I want to put that out there. Biz and I love making this show. The show is not going away, but we do need your support in order to continue making this show every week with everything else that Biz and I have going on. Um, So if, if, you know, if $10 or $20 or $35 a month is something you can do that is amazing and we will put every penny to good use if this is uh if that's going to be impossible for you but you can donate five dollars a month i've heard people tell me like oh i just my sad measly five dollar monthly donation no No, way never a huge donation that plays a huge part and most people do donate five dollars yeah so if that's what you can do if that's the amount of money that is manageable for you we would be honored to have your donation at that level. So please don't ever feel, you know, that, that supporting not, us at a yeah. lower level is not useful because it absolutely is. So, And I just want to throw out this one other thing that I, I, you know, I really think about our community and how we come together for each other in really remarkable ways. And if this is a year where you're, you're able to become a donor, think about that, that you're not only donating for yourself, but you're donating maybe for... A member who can't this year. Totally. Right? Yep. Like, again, thank you so much. Teresa, what did we learn this week? We learned a lot. We learned that uh, apparently you can have babies in different ways. Yeah. What we learned is that I am so happy that you are back in this booth. <laughs> I don't I care what's, like, what state of mind you're in when you come <laughs> in each week going forward. I am just so happy to have you back. Thank you. Uh, and we learned that you did a remarkable job uh, bringing Curtis into the world. And and I do want to point out, though, that, like, I think no matter how you get that kid, mm-hmm. no matter how they come into your life, you're remarkable, guys. Yeah. Uh, and we can get kids lots of different ways. It's so true. And each way is unique and special and scary and awesome and all those things and deserve the fucking respect that they deserve. For so, sure. And, yep. and, and getting to hear people's birth stories or adoption stories, surrogates, all different sorts of ways. Yeah. Uh, ask each other. How you got your kid? And maybe that's just, hey, how'd you get your kid? Yeah. Might be the better way to do that as yeah. opposed to what hospital did you go to? Did you right. mean, like, don't? Yeah. It's like our, the gender thing we're really trying to get better at doing. How's yeah. your kid? Yep. What's your kid's favorite thing? What's your kid's name? Yep. How'd you get your kid? Might be a really great way to start asking people their stories because uh, many of us might want to share it. So I think that's a thank you for sharing yours because that's a good reminder. Cool. Um we also learned that uh, however you got your kid, it's going to bring up things in your relationships that you may not have expected. And there's nothing wrong with trying to work those things out yep. and being honest. And uh, even if those things are difficult, uh, we all have something we need to bring to the table in terms of making our relationships work. And it's important. You know, so uh, so I think we learned that, too. 
Um, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh. want to. Uh, can I just say thank you to everybody who has sent a well wish to <laughs> me or Curtis or the rest of my family, um, and to all the amazing gifts that listeners have sent, uh, particularly the one bad mother craft along. Yeah. The One Bad Mother Craft Along uh, group members who sent, a, I can't even begin to say thank you for all of the amazing <laughs> things you guys sent for me and my kids and and to Jesse. Um, so thanks. Thanks, guys. This baby is coming into the world feeling very loved. Also, One Bad Mother is going to be live at The Independent in San Francisco on April 29th. We're going to be signing books. We're going to have cool guests. We're going to be doing the show live. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so you can go and get your tickets at theindependentsf.com. We really encourage you to get them early. Go get them now. Uh, before we sell out, thank you guys so much. Everybody, you're doing remarkable. You're doing a great job. To be honest, one of the things I think I took away from this show was it seems impossible to get anything done. I don't know how we do it, and you guys are all doing it. And it's remarkable. So really good job. That is so true. Teresa, yeah. you're doing a remarkable job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.